Okay, good evening everyone, and uh, we're gathered here today to uh, celebrate the Hilula of Rabbi Shema Bar Yochai, who uh, tradition tells us that many, many years ago when he passed away on Lagba Omer, he told his students to celebrate, to celebrate because he achieved his total unity with God, and usually when a tzaddik leaves, he takes a lot of secrets with him, but he didn't take any secrets with him. He shared it with everybody. And uh, we understand, as uh, the Zohar tells us, that Mashiach will come when the Torah of Rabbi Shimbar Yochai, as it is in the Zohar and all the other Sifre, Kabbalah, and Chassidus, spreads out through the world. And uh, that's when Mashiach will come. And it will help us with our understanding of our life as living as Jews and to understand the depth of what reality is. So there's so many things you could speak about. And remember, they say, if you can't go to Meiron, you say the Torah of Rabbi Shimbar Yochai, it's like you're in Meiron. So we will say, so anything you say from the Zohar is from Rabbi Shimbar Yochai. So it'll be, it was much cheaper airfare than uh, traveling there and the crowded... Uh, did he do the Sifri? I think Shimon Bar Yochai did the Sifri also. But yes, did a lot of things. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty, it was pretty crowded yesterday and today uh, in Meiron. It's probably quiet now by now. And I think uh, one of my sons for sure is, was there or is there or whatever. So I figured it's, it's fortuitous that this week... As a shul, we did the mitzvah of Shiluach HaKan. And um, it was very interesting. I think for most of you, it was the first time that you ever saw it. And this is, you know, there's some things in Judaism, in the Torah, you know, we learn about a lot of things and we say, ah, we'll never, never have it. Like Korbanos, you know, unless Meshach comes, we're not going to see it. And there's certain coming very yeah certain mitzvahs though that can be done are not usual to to be done. I don't know how many people have seen a chalitza. With a, there was one in Toronto a couple yeah. of years ago. Oh, wow. uh, so you know those certain mitzvahs you just don't get a great opportunity to see them. Remember we did we saw with the the special one with the sheep and the. And the donkey, the the the, the rabbi. Yes, uh, pigeon petr chamor. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. not common. That's not common. So the same thing now. Shiluach hakain is a little more common. And uh, when we did it, I think it was on Monday night. I think it was Monday night. So uh, it was a whole group of us who was outside in. The, if you if you know what I'm Sunday talking night. about. Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday night. Okay, in the parking lot. You can still do the mitzvah. Yeah, if you want to do the mitzvah, we got the nice basket over here. And uh, you probably got another couple of weeks to do it. Uh, How long do they incubate for? I, I, I forgot what we said. Three weeks? Three weeks. Whatever. Anyway, so, and I think a lot of people said, oh, okay, so the rabbi's telling us to do it, so let's go and do it. And there was a little bit of uh, trepidation on some people's part. And probably mostly because you really don't understand why we're doing this. So that's why we're going to discuss, since there's a mitzvah that we mamish were involved with, so to understand there's things that we do as mitzvahs, but to appreciate what's behind that. And that's what uh, the Hasidus and the Sefer Kabbalah teach us. So let's take a look. I made sheets for everybody. You can pass them around. I think sent to the back. Some, Some is in English. Some I wasn't able to get in English. 
And there's three parts to this. So I don't know if we'll get to all three parts. I would like to get to two parts, at least. Okay. And uh, so let's take a look at the Pasuk that's the source of the mitzvah. It says, Ki kansi por If you're along, uh, if you uh, chance upon a bird's nest before you, baderach on the road, bechol in a tree, in any tree, all the earths are on the ground, efrochim, little chicks, obeitim, or eggs, and the mother is hovering over the eggs of the chicks, you shall not take the mother with the child. Rather, what should you do? You shall surely send the mother bird away, and take the children for yourself. So it'll be good for you, and you will have a long life. Wow. Okay. So, very unusual mitzvah. Why would God ask us to do such a mitzvah? So, no explanation in the Chumash. But it tells us you'll have a long life. So, that's a good thing. So, the Gemara, the Mishnah and Brachas, in the next source, is talking about a chazan who wants to do certain things extemporaneously. He wants to add to the Nusach HaTfilah in the repetition of Shon Esrei. And when he's talking about that Hashem, you know, in the Baruch of Shomei HaTfilah, that Hashem listens, should listen to our prayers. So someone wants to throw in, you know, Hashem, you have so much mercy. Even Al-Kan Sipor Yagiu Rachamecha. Your mercy is extended even to the bird's nest. If he says that, Mishatkin also, we silence him. In other words, you can't say, come on in, come on in. Please free to take some food. You can sit in the love chairs love over chairs there. The couples. Okay. So you can take a seat. Uh, uh, here's a sheet. We can take, go with your wife. Go with your wife. Leave her alone. Okay, it's good, it's good, it's good. So anyway, so... Uh, the, the Mishnah, the more than discuss why do we silence the person who says your mercy is even until the bird's nest. So one rabbi says, because you're going to create jealousy with the animals. In other words, it's like Hashem is favoring one animal over the other. Yeah. Well, you, you love the birds, but you don't love the, uh, the, the donkey's face or other things like that. The other reason is You make the attributes of God that of mercy but they really are decrees which seems to suggest that you know we do mitzvahs because God tells us to do it and we don't do it because God is kind or that kind of stuff you know God is God created kindness and you know there's a number of ways to understand this. Either going to say, well, you're telling me the whole reason is because he has mercy, and they're really just decrees. So, and also the Gemara kind of leaves you in a doubt. Certainly you don't know why you should be doing the mitzvah at all. Seems there's some kind of kindness going to these birds over here. A long life. So that's an interesting thing. Now, the Jerusalem Talmud tells us in source number three, Jerusalem Talmud says, it's very interesting. There's the, the mitzvahs of the Torah do not list any rewards for them. Torah tells us to do mitzvahs, doesn't tell us 
what the reward is, except in two places. And this is one of them. One of them is honoring your father and mother. It says so that you'll have long days. And the other one is this mitzvah sending away the mother bird. So you'll have long days. So why do, do these have the same thing written? So the Jerusalem Talmud says why? In source number three, it says, well, one is the easiest commandment and one is the most difficult commandment. The easiest commandment, send the mother bird away. Right. What's the big deal? How long did it take us? Yeah. A couple minutes, done. Honoring a father and mother, that's a very difficult a commandment. And there's many stories of the Talmud where people thought they were really doing a lot to honor their father and mother. And they were told, you know, you haven't come close to doing the mitzvah the way it should be done. So that's interesting. So, it, so for some reason, Shiluach came, we picked the most easiest mitzvah and keep it of aim we take the hardest mitzvah and say see you can't decide which one is greater which one isn't <laughs> because they both say the same reward mm. nice. and then Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says just as the rewards are the same so their punishments are identical meaning if you don't do them the punishments are the same and he brings a pasuk in Mishle, in English says, the eye that scoffs at the father and despises to obey the mother. And what does that mean? The deeper meaning is, the eye that scoffs about honoring father and mother and despises the commandment not to take the mother with the chicks. You see, these, both mitzvahs are hinted to in Mishle. What's the rest of the Pasuk say? It says... The river ravens should pick it out, meaning his eyes. They pluck your eyes out. The cruel, that's what the Pusik says, meaning the cruel raven should come pick it out. The raven should pop your eye out, and you, and not, but not have any enjoyment from it. And the reservoir says, and the sons of the eagle should eat it, and the merciful eagle should come and enjoy it. So what in the world is that supposed to mean? <laughs> What is what is he talking about? So, for those of you who can read the Rashi script, I'll leave it on your own at the bottom. This is the Vilna Gong's commentary. And he says something amazing. Now, at first blush, when we look at this Gemara, uh, how would we understand it? Well, we'd figure there's certain similarities between these mitzvahs. And, uh, and so one is harder and one is easier. Okay. And, uh, and you think, because they're kind of similar in nature, sending away the mother bird seems to have some kind of compassion. Don't take the birds before the mother. Have mercy on the mother. Send it away so it doesn't see what's going on. And not that we have to have mercy on birds, but that we should be merciful people. Torah wants to teach us compassion. And likewise, honoring your parents is a mitzvah of compassion, People need to take care of their parents and to be beholden to them. They need to respect them. So keep it of a aim and sending away the mother bird seed to be the same type of mitzvah and thereby they have the same reward. That's what you would think. So the Vilna Gong comes along and says nothing doing. And here's where we come now to the Zohar. And that's, if you look in source number four, what Rav Shimbar Yechai has to say about this. I found if I'd ask you, why would you do the mitzvah? 
still hard. Well, so, you know, if you think, well, you're a farmer, you want the eggs, don't just take the eggs and the mother, send the mother away, and therefore you're being compassionate on the mother. The Zohar says it's the exact opposite. He says there's an angel appointed over the birds. And when Israel performs this commandment, and the mother departs weeping, and the children crying, he agonizes for his birds. The malach over the birds. He agonizes. And he asks Hashem, does it not say that your compassion is on all of your works? How can you let this bird suffer? These birds suffer. Why did you create on that bird to be exiled from her nest? And what does Hashem do? He gathers all of his other angels and said to them, this angel is concerned for the welfare of a bird and is complaining of its suffering. Is there none amongst you who will seek merit on my children Israel and for the Shekhinah which is in exile and whose nest in Jerusalem has been destroyed and whose children are in exile under the hand of harsh masters? Is there no one who seeks compassion for them and will attribute merit to them? You're so worried about the birds? You're not worried about my little chicks? Then Hashem issues a command and says, for my sake I shall act, and I shall act for my sake, and compassion is thereby aroused upon the Shekhinah and the children in exile. So it seems from the Zohar, the deeper understanding is that we understand the whole idea of the nest. The nest is the Shina. And the children are in exile. The mother is sent away and we're, we're left on our own, so to speak. And that arouses Hashem's compassion. So interesting, it comes out that the Mitzvah Shiluach HaKain, according to the Zohar, is to be cruel. Now, that's why a lot of people look at this mitzvah and like look askance at it. They're saying, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, what do you want from these birds? They're minding their own business. Like looking in the parking lot over here. The geese. They're, they're just they're just Canadian geese. <laughs> what do you want from place them? What? They picked a dump they picked a great place no, to pick a nest. Right. They got lots of people helping them out. Yeah. No, no. Uh, the French make Every the day I see people driving by. What are they doing? One, one person brought a whole tub water. of water. Yeah. Oh, you walk over there afterwards, oh. you'll say, I'm like a little basin of water so the chicks will have some water. Oh, and I've noticed a number of times people drive by and put some crumbs mm-hmm. over there to make the job easier for them. And it seems that everybody who sees these birds has compassion upon them. Oh, this bird... And they got the mother bird there, the father bird there. And if the mother steps up for a minute, you'll see six large eggs. Large, large. Extra large. And now comes, what, what? Question? They're big eggs. So, and now comes the rabbi, and and, the, and Sneer noticed this. And he noticed that there was, he said, you got the missus, Sneer, and to this, I was looking at it many times. I don't know what's wrong with me. I did, I didn't think about it. Mordecai knows the first I I didn't think about it. Like, I'm the rabbi. That's the first thing. But it's like, 
just weird. You, you always put it with a tree. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. A tree or somewhere on a, a what do you call it, by the, in the condos on the yeah. Merpeset, yeah. the balcony. It's really the first time I ever saw a nest. It wasn't not even a nest. No, it's unusual. Right? It's on the ground. So it's just, I didn't have the, what do you call it, that uh, environment right. that made it conducive. But Sneer was right on the ball. So, so we're gonna we're gonna do it on Sunday in the day, but uh, right away. But uh, as we're going over to the bird, we're trying to do something. Right, we notice this Oriental person is taking out his cell phone Thank and is starting to uh, film. Film. So I said, not a good idea <laughs> no. to not do this. No. Not a good idea. <laughs> pick up on social media. Oh, for, for sure. And then so and and obviously Hashem wanted me maybe to review the laws again mm-hmm. one more time before we do it. And we find out really at nighttime is the better time to do it because then you know for sure the female is nesting on top. So we go, we go at night. We go at night. But everyone has this trepidation because most of us are fairly um, nice people. And we're... Well, also, there's a, there's a lot of press out there with and, aggressive geese yes, with yes. their babies. Yes, and there's, okay, there's press with aggressive mm-hmm. geese with their babies. Very and... You know, I was noticing even when we were doing it, some people were kind of hesitant, you know, and you could understand because it really goes against our nature. We're nice people. So the Zohar is saying that, uh, no, you're supposed to make that mother bird cry. You're supposed to make those hissing. Definitely there was hissing. Those children crying. <laughs> and, it was, and it was making noise. So, so we have to understand the Zohar really is giving us the reverse of what we would think is true. Rather than being a mitzvah of compassion, the Zohar says it's a mitzvah of cruelty for the reason that we explained. But really, if you think about it, it's a cruelty that's meant to bring mercy upon the Jewish people. It's to evoke Hashem mercy upon us. And it's very, very difficult to understand. And now, the, the bottom line is that unlike the comfort we're supposed to provide for our parents, and that's clearly a mitzvah of compassion, this admits for the exact opposite. So why do they have the same reward? <laughs> and the Vilna Gon, now I've got to remember, the Vilna Gon, a lot of people said he was against Hasidus. Okay, he was against certain aspects of Hasidus. He was a Kabbalist. But he was the same Kabbalist as the Balatanya was. Oh, yeah. He was very thoroughly versed in the Zohar, like all the Hasidim were versed in the Zohar. So I think you have to, just parenthetically, to know there's a great unifier within this Kabbalah. It's not the sole domain of Hasidim or Kabbalists. It, if, if you ask anybody, what's the Vilna Gon most known for? It's his halachic mind. And yet, with his halachic mind, he knew the entire Zohar, all the Kabbalah, and applied these ideas. So, that's a great unifier, is this uh, Kabbalah. So, the question is, so, so again, why do they get the same reward? And the Vilna Gon explains like this. The purpose of these two mitzvahs, and the purpose of all mitzvahs, is what the Torah demands of us to be in charge of our emotions. We have to, sometimes, Hashem's going to say, I want you to be compassionate. 
Sometimes Hashem says, I want you to be cruel. But there's always a purpose to everything. And these two mitzvahs get the same reward because in combination they bring out a person's shlemus, his completion. The fact, if you do keep it of an aim, does not necessarily mean you're doing because Hashem told you to do it. You say, even God didn't tell me to do it. I just feel it's, it's only proper to show my gratitude to my parents. And I have to show compassion to my parents. Now, are you doing that because Hashem told you to do it or not? Natural. And the difference makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> you can honor your parents all day long, but if you don't do it because Hashem said so, you, won't get the you maybe did a nice thing, but it's not a mitzvah. It's not a mitzvah. Mitzvah means that you are connecting to your inner core, which is that connection to HaKadosh Baruch and when you're doing mitzvahs, you're really connecting to Hashem. So to connect to Hashem when you're doing a mitzvah means Hashem has to be prominent when you're doing the mitzvah. Not just go through the motions. So why does Hashem want honor your parents? Not because it's a nice thing, but because Hashem is compassionate and he wants you to be compassionate. And part of compassion is, and just like Hashem has gratitude, so to speak, has all the prayers, so we have to have gratitude. Now, parenthetically, we're, okay, so now, very nice. Now, how do we know that when you're honoring your parents, you're doing because Hashem says? The answer is, well, you know what? Hashem could say do something cruel. Something that's not part of your nature. A person who is, is kindly and, and, and has mercy has a lot of trouble being cruel. And therefore Hashem is saying, the only way I know that you're honoring your parents because I told you to do so, is when you do something that's the exact opposite and I know you don't want to do it and you will still do it. And if you do that, now I know that your heart is connected to me. And, that, and now I know everything you're doing. And that's why the rewards are equal. That show there's a balance. Only a person who does both is the reward the same. And, as, and, and Rabbi Shimbari Chai says more. He says, and the punishment for not doing them is the same. What do you mean? The answer is, the reward is the same because for one person who by nature is compassionate, then honoring your parents is going to be easy. Sending away the mother bird is going to be hard. On the other one, if you're a, a more of a cruel type of person, more law and order type of person, sending away the mother birds is easy. But uh, spending hours and hours with your parents is not something that you're so interested in. Especially, let's take it one step further, what if your parents abused you as a child? And now you're an adult. And now you're an adult. And now they need your help. Oh, yeah. Does the mitzvah still apply? Yes, it does. Even though you were traumatized by it. Wow. But now they're... The father, when he was 40, was strong to beat the hell out of you, and you had scars for it. <clears throat> or the mother had such a mouth that she called you all kinds of names. Oh, boy. And now they're helpless and 85 years old. 
you gotta be you have to be compassionate to them as well. And you say, I don't know, not for these kinds of parents. <laughs> so therefore, you know, it's 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 but between the two, one person is gonna have trouble with one of those two mitzvahs. Everyone will have trouble. And that's what I noticed in the parking lot, because I think our chevra is more on the compassionate side. We don't really go rolling around trying to make fisticuffs with people and uh, try to, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, I think a, a lot of people I felt were just like, when we picked up the, when we shooed the mother bird, I mean, the guys were shooing them away, but I saw you weren't getting a geschmack in doing it. You know, the, you weren't getting, like some people, yes, certain people, they're going to love it. Man, I got a great excuse. Now I can just run after that bird and chase him and scream at him and yell at him. And we're, and we're telling you, go chase him away. It's like it's like we kind of had to force you to do it because you didn't want to do it. It's not your nature. And then we had to pick up the eggs. I said, guys, let's pick it. And like everyone was afraid to touch it. And a couple guys picked it up. I said, no, pick up the eggs. I said, pick up the eggs. It's just like just you're afraid. Maybe I'll break the egg. Maybe I'll sell the egg. Oh, those are pretty secure eggs. But anyway, and so we finally did. You know, so that's the old joke. How many juice does it take to send the mother bird away? So we had 20 of us. 25, three. There's like 20 guys there. Yeah. So. So, so one second, I'll get you one second. So therefore, what, what do you see from this? You see that, that if you really are a person who is trying to connect to Hashem, the idea of the mitzvahs is mean to bring a perfection in the human being. And as we said Shabbos morning, when the Mishnah in Perkei says, you have to be zoyer with mitzvah kala kibachamur. You have to be careful with an easy mitzvah as much as a hard mitzvah. And we said, what's the point? Why the word Zohir? Because why, you should say, I want to do that. I want to do the big mitzvah. I want to get the big credit. Yes, you have to remember that the source of the big mitzvah and the small mitzvah is the same. And if you realize, if you are Zohir, Zohir means to be careful, it also means to illuminate, like Zohar. If you illuminate what a mitzvah really is, there's no such thing as a big mitzvah and a small mitzvah. It all comes from Hashem. It all connects you to Hashem. So therefore, Yes, oh, I love honoring parents, but I hate sending away the mother bird. No, 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 no. If, if you've got a problem with that, then that means the whole outlook of mitzvahs is, is not the way it should be. And that's what Shimon says. If you, if you don't do the, one of the mitzvahs, then you get punished the same. I, one is to be cruel and one is to be compassionate. To Hashem, it doesn't matter. When Hashem asks you to do something, you don't ask any questions. And, 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 and there has to be, with these two mitzvahs, you're going to have to go against your nature if you like it or not. Most people are one way or the other. So only when you do both do you have that. So now we can appreciate what is the real point of the mitzvah. The point of, I mean, a lot of us have practiced keep it of aim in our lives. But Hashem gives everything, okay, how about send the mother bird away? And if you can't do it, then that, that, puts a negative spin on all the honoring the parents you did. Because that doesn't really show us you're doing it to, to serve Hashem. So that's why it was such a great opportunity when now that we see this in the light of how Rav Shimon couches it, you can appreciate why it's such a valuable mitzvah and you should be running to do such a mitzvah that. Yes, uh, thank you for waiting. I wanted to know what happened when you shoot the mother bird away and also does everybody get the, everybody who was there. Okay, you want to know what happens when you shoot it? Well, you did do it. 
Right. We did it together as a group. Yeah. Right. And what happened? You shoot the mother. We shoot it away. And did you take any of the eggs? We picked them all. We had a nice basket. Sneer made a nice basket, yeah, a gentle basket, and we gentle. took the six eggs, put it in the basket. I picked up the basket to acquire the eggs, so they were my eggs. Why all six? What? We're not just going. No, you have every person. Not every person took so one you egg. You have to take all we, of them. We, yeah, you take them all. You take them all, and you put, we put them all in the basket. And I guess as the agent for everybody, five or six guys took the eggs. Six. But like for everybody, I just picked them up to acquire it. So not, and at that point, we did the mitzvah. Right. But then what we do is, and this is done. Then I put the eggs down, and I make it hefker. I make it ownerless. Oh, yes. So now another person can come and do the mitzvah. Right. Or you can give it back and to the goose. And the mother went right back on. And then the mother went right back on. Yeah. Right back on. So if you think about this, if you think about this, you look, if, without the explanation I just gave you, why in the world did we do this? Why in the We ended up in the same place. I understand if you're a uh, farmer and you know, you, you, you'll, you'll figure out a use for the eggs. Or let's say a little uh, sparrow's eggs. Small eggs, whatever. You can make scrambled eggs, but these eggs, we can't make scrambled eggs out of them. They're already, what do you call it inside? Incubating. Those are half little geese are inside. What would we do with it? Embryos. What would we do with it? So what's the whole point? And at the end of the day, you don't even notice we did the mitzvah with it. You drive by now, it looks the same goose with the six kids that it was like on Sunday morning. But there's a spiritual difference. So what, what do we do this for? The answer is we all engaged in an act of cruelty. But it's a cruelty that's really a kindness. Because the cruelty to the bird, that bird, for all you know, that was its whole purpose in this world. That's it. Why I wonder why, you know, they're all complaining. What are all these geese doing in Thornhill? They're making a mess and this and that. Was that for this reason? The answer is, it's for this reason. Because how often do you get a chance to do this mitzvah? Without climbing a tree. And you know, and I was bemo- and I think maybe Hashem was listening to my pain. Because I was saying, listen, we weren't able to do Kiddush Lavana this month. Yeah, yeah, remember that. Every week it was raining and raining and raining. I did it once. I did okay, you, you snuck it in. Shelly snuck it in. Next day oh, was wait, a beautiful but I did the waving first. But most people didn't get to do it, and we were sad. Yes. So Hashem says, okay, I'm going to give you a mitzvah you never did before. And now we do that mitzvah, and, and it's really a crazy mitzvah. I wonder what a, a non-Jew watching us Ble- uh, doing Kirsh of Honor or taking the chick I don't know which one he'd think we're crazier how about Hashanah okay but but the point being but you understand now without this Kabbalistic understanding what's the purpose of the mitzvah what did it accomplish so that shows we're having a sensitivity to Hashem wanting to redeem us and Hashem wants to bring Mashiach, and Hashem wants to arouse His feelings for us, and He has to create a situation to arouse it. But when are we worthy for Mashiach? When we do things to go against our nature. Right. And and I found this to be very um, instructive about us. And and we really it was much harder for us to do this mitzvah than other mitzvahs. And that made and now we've done both. We've honored parents. We've taken care of Shiluach Hakain, and now. Um, we're taking that step to bring Mashiach that much closer. Okay, that was piece number one. Okay. Um, when is Shkia? Shkia? I don't know. Soon. Why? Long, long. 
It still it goes till the okay. till the night. Don't worry. I worry. Okay, you want want to hear another piece of Torah? You want to sure. sing? What do you want to do? Another piece of Torah. Mordechai here yet? I don't think he's here. I don't know. When Mordechai comes to us. Anyway, let's let's take this another step. Let's take this another step. And I know I'm not going to have time to do all three Dvar Torahs. So I think I'm going to uh, move on to the third one that I had prepared. The more of a Shemesh. It's interesting. There's a number of articles in different magazines and newspapers. Uh, and this this gone back already six years. Oh. Magazines that have article titles such as Have smartphones destroyed a generation. Wow. This is this is a secular thing. It's not a Haredi newspaper, it's the Atlantic Journal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it profiles post millennials. Teens who grew up in the early stage with smartphones and tablets constantly present in their lives. And this is before the pandemic. Kalvachimer, what they write after the pandemic. And, and it notes how smartphones have led teens to live a more isolated life than the previous generations. And instead of worrying, what used to be the worry 40, 50 years ago, teens staying out late, getting involved in dangerous activities. Today's parents, uh, today's teens, the parents have to worry that their teens don't go out at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Isn't that an interesting phenomenon? They sit in their rooms on their phones. Yeah. Or on their computer. Or yeah. whatever. And they don't get out. And there's all kinds of negative effects that are having. And they're replacing bona fide relationships with uh, all these social media outlets, etc. So does the Torah have anything to say about that issue? And again, we can go back to this story of the mother bird wow. on the road. Oh. And this piece is from the Moorva Shemesh, Reb Klanimos Kalman Epstein, one of the earlier generations of Hasidim, lived in the end of the 18th century. Before smartphones. And uh, definitely before smartphones. And it says if a person is on the road, it's a person is on the road and you find the birds. And the question is, shouldn't this misapply even if you're at home and saw a nest? Why have to say on the road? What's the thing of on the road? So maybe we'll take a look at the piece inside a little bit. It's the, it's the third page. Number nine. And it's number nine. We are of a I'm sorry, it's, I don't have an English on that. And I'll first introduce, I didn't copy the whole thing down. But uh, what is the symbolism? What are the mystical symbolisms over here? So a mother bird represents, and we know that the ima, ima Kabbalistically is bina, bina's understanding. And the mother bird represents inspiration and spirituality. And the mother isn't just a nine month holding tank for a developing child, uh, but after birth, she's a nurturer, and for the youngest uh, age, uh, she teaches them and mentors the child as they grow up into being a human being. And there's no substitute for a mother who understands and brings out the essence of a child. Okay? 
So that is the mother bird that represents spirituality. Okay, and that's really what we're trying to grow into, that spirituality. Now, the fledglings that are in the nest, they represent people who are seeking out inspiration. Seeking inspiration. We're still not fully developed yet. Little chicks, eggs, whatever. We're seeking that inspiration. Now, the question is, how do we get it? So many people believe the best way to do that is to isolate yourself with meditation and detach yourself from the material world with all its pitfalls. And we may even think this is a true path to God. And there is a concept of his You're supposed to have to spend time on self-reflection. But is this really the way Hashem really wants us to lead our lives? So now let's pick up and look inside a little bit some of the text over there. And the more of Hashemesh says the following. He says, Vulam lo zu ikori He says, that's not the main way to serve Hashem. boy. And the linchpin that everything is decided on, the real way to grow and to do tshuva is loving your friends and being attached to your friends. And being close to the tzaddikim of the generation. It's the exact opposite. Being fully involved with people. He says, and what, what is the advantage of that? He says, through that you come to the ultimate sublimation. Why? Because you start looking at other people. And if you're looking honestly at other people, you're going to notice a lot of people a lot better than you in certain ways. If you're honest. And you see, there are people who really get excited with their Torah. And you see, wow, I got friends who are really into it. They really answer, and therefore you learn to be like them and you can correct your ways because the group carries a very powerful message. And that's why, you know, Baruch Hashem, like when we're at shul, it's really very unusual. Yeah. I mean, I, I was sticking with the program for years <laughs> to keep saying loud, Amen Yehishma, And then another one does it, and then another one does it, and another one does it. And now when we have, even, even the early morning meeting, when people are normally half asleep, they're all answering Amen Yehishma, on Shabbos, everyone's Amen Yehishma, And you're not going to do that if you're at home alone. There's, there's a, we'll call a positive peer pressure. Not, not a pressure where you're tense and all that. Where you say, you know, this is normal to say amen. Or it's normal to do chesed. Something you may not have done by yourself. Right? And then he says the next paragraph, but you might think that if you do his potatoes by yourself, you'll do more tshuva than without the friends. And afraid if I'm with the friends, I lose that chance to cleave to Hashem and maybe I should not be involved with that. Uh-huh. So he's saying no. Absolutely not. He's saying that's not true. 
because it's so important to be involved with so many other people. And there's, there's a bit more to mention over here because one of the most important parts of our growth is through interaction with other people. Why? Is because you begin to realize that you don't have the only opinion in the world. And there are other opinions than yours. And we have to learn to get along. Not just for the sake of getting along, but to start to value what other people are worth. And when we interact with them, and sometimes that interaction will hamper our, our raw inspiration. But if you really want to truly grow, you got to interact with others. Because when there's ups and downs in relationships, and we let certain people enter into our lives, and we're forced to react to things we normally would not have to react. When I'm at home all day long, I don't got to react to anything. When I'm in this room now or giving a class, I'm forced to react. There are certain people who have different feelings about certain issues, and they express it strongly. And now, I may have the opposite feeling. Now, and it's certainly so helpful not to have yes men. And people who are questioning, why are you doing this? You seem to be the opposite yesterday, and these things. And I can't just say, be quiet, I'm the rabbi, and just listen to me. You know, I could do that. I could pull rank, but nobody would gain from that. That's a different story. But uh, and and sometimes you know the, there could be sharp disagreements, and when you're forced to react and you're forced to be mindful, you start realizing you have limitations, and you really can't dictate to other people what they should do and think. It forces you to come up with, as they say, plan B. A better argument. That stands for bitachon. Ah, okay, in other words, you, you have this idea and you're gonna do whatever it is. You decide you wanna do this thing and everybody says it's a bad idea. And you think it's a good idea. Or I wanna say a piece of Torah and you think no. And you ask me 10 questions on it. You're forcing me to come to the truth. And what really comes out of all this is by being with everybody, you realize that you have limitations. When you are, uh, what do you call the guy who's all by himself? What's the word? Uh, a recluse. A recluse. A hermit? Yeah. hermit? Hermit. Hermit. When you're a hermit, then you don't think you have any limitations. Right? But when you realize other people in your crossing paths, and you're, it's not, you're not always right. Especially when you find out you're wrong. You know what kind of growth happens when you realize you're wrong? And if you have a friend who comes over to you and he says, you know, I don't think you treated that person so nice. And your first reaction is, what do you mean? But then, wait a minute, this other guy's coming over to me. And then maybe you didn't treat that other person so nice. And now you become humbled because you see you know, other people can realize what to do better than what you really understand. And once you become humbled, uh, we kind of uh, deflate ourselves. And that's really where the best growth happens. And therefore, and let's end the piece over here. He says, so let's look at the second last paragraph. 
or the, even the third. So he says, when you talk about tikkunim, he says, the Shekhinah HaKedosha is called the Kan Tzipor. The bird's nest is the Shekhinah HaKedosha. And what's the Shekhinah? The manifestation of God in this world. That is, like in this room, this is our nest, so to speak. And, and the Tzipor, the Tzipor is hinting to the souls of the Jewish people. And every place where the unity of Hashem can happen, when we're davening and things like that, the Shekhinah is there. So now let's put the pieces together. It says, when you happen to meet upon a Kan Sipor before you, Baderech on the road. And we know Derech is often referred to in the Navi as the Derech of Tshuva. It's a pathway. Or a Derech of growth. A path is always suggesting growth. And you're seeing that the Shekhinah is together with you in a Hevra. And you're serving Hashem. And, and it could be it's a tree that some of the Hevra are big people. It could be it's on the ground. Some of the people are low. Some people are like eggs. Some people are like chicks. There's all kinds. And now let's look at the last paragraph. And that's a beautiful thing. But but the mother is fluttering over the chicks. That's hinting to the supernal mother, which is spirituality in the world of tshuva, the world of getting out of this world and being totally in, in, enveloped in your own spirituality. So what do we say? Don't Take the mother over the kids. And don't decide to go into seclusion to separate you from the kids. And take the mother by yourself. And figure I'll do tshuva by myself. We all have that, that aim, that, 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 that part of bina. And figure, you know, I got to get away from the chevra. I got to find my own place. I got to get my own closeness without my chevra. He says, don't do that. He says, if there's a good chevra over there, shaleach to shalach es Send away that supernal spirituality that you think is good for you. There are times when it is good for you, but not when you have a really good chevra around you. And then says, and take the children for yourself. Which means, even though you got to send away the mother, and you may compromise on your own personal <coughs> spiritual growth, and you may be interrupting your own personal dvekas and your own personal tshuva that you could have done if you would have been flying away with the mother. Right. Still and all, send the mother bird away. Take the children for yourself. And you should stop doing your own personal growth. And you'll be able to take the children. And you'll be able to get close to Hashem. And you know what you're going to get for that? You'll have long days and a long night life. So you see the value of a chevra. Wow. And that, I, I really felt when we did this mitzvah, Shiloh came, yeah. it was mamish with the whole chevra. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think any of us would have done it by ourselves. <laughs> First of all, I don't think we could have physically done it by ourselves. Over the goose. But I don't think any of us, I don't, I, I, hate, I don't know what the word to say. I don't want to say we would lack the courage. I don't think that's the word I want to use. Mm -hmm. But we lack... Yeah. What they call the, the, mo the, the mojo. That's, that's the word they use now when they don't know what they're saying. You know, to, <laughs> if, you know, you lack the mojo. You know, it's, it's just do it. I'll do it. You know what? When you're when you're into your own world of spirituality, 
you know what? You're not going to go and get go over that bird. But you know, oh, the rabbi said we should go. Okay, the rabbi's going to go. And now there's 20 guys going down. Yeah, that's okay, now you're not going to do it if everybody else is doing it. And as much as what do you mean? I'm gonna say some tell him in the in the in in the yeah, in, in the, stay, in the stay stay back to learn. I'm stay back to learn. Or even we had a normal class, a normal Rambam class. Well, we interrupted the class. And we interrupted the class instead of a half an hour. We only learned twelve minutes that night. What do you mean? We're not learning. What we should go with the mother bird, shouldn't we? No. That was to go with the mother bird. The mother bird is Torah. It's a small group. We're learning our own Torah. It's amazing. Great. But Hashem gave me the wisdom to say, no, you know, we're all going to go. We're all going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you're all doing, why? And I know all these, why are we doing this? Somebody sent me an email. Rabbi, what's the purpose of this mitzvah? So too bad I, I didn't have the time to give a whole share on it before we did it. Yeah, Would have been better. You, you heard all this now and then we do it. But sometimes you got to, you know, strike while the iron's hot because... Well, that's who, called Nasev and Yeah, that's who, who knows if the bird will still be there. One coyote is those that's awesome. So, so, so we all did it. So we managed. We were Makayim, the Shemish's understanding of the mitzvah. That's what I found was so beautiful. That none of us would have done that mitzvah on our own. I, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if any of you. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you would have done it on your own. If I would have just said, guys, there it is. Go do the mitzvah. I'll tell you what to do to do the mitzvah. Here's the basket. Now go on your own. I don't know. I don't know if I would. And I don't know if maybe one or two. Steve would. He's is, Israeli. He'll do anything. You know, sneer. But, but most of us, you know, why? Because what do you mean? I'm going to be cruel. I'm going to be this. And that's what, what the Hebrew is all about. The Hevra, it encourages everybody. And that's, that's what we've been doing over the years. Many of us who are wearing a kippah would not have been wearing a kippah if there wasn't a Hevra. But we look who, what we're doing in the All, all those things. So therefore, from this, so to speak, innocuous mitzvah. And you say, well, what did we gain? The spirit's still there. Nothing has changed. But the answer is we've changed. We've changed. We now did something to go out of our comfort zone. And we did it because we're a chefer. Yeah. And there is a time. There is a time to focus on your own spirituality. But when the chefer is together, yeah. and, and even if they're weak, even if it's a weak chefer, where they're just little chicks, doesn't matter. If you're together, send the mother bird away. Take the children. There'll be time for the mother bird to come back. Yeah. It's not that you send the mother bird away forever. The mother bird can come back. Right away. And you'll have your time for his bodus. After the chicks have hatched, and after the birds can now fly on their own, you can now fly and go on your own. But there has to be a time when the chevra has to be together, and that's how we receive a lot of success in our vodas. Hashem should give us the koyach to uh, continue to uh, help each other out and to do the things Then Hashem should look and see that our own... Um, the fact that we have not been redeemed should arouse Hashem to redeem us in the future and bring the Mashiach.